This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at Media Week magazine and our new online home, mediaweek.com.au. We chat weekly with people in all sectors of the media and more podcasts just like this can be found at mediaweek.com.au or on iTunes. So Heartbeat, which I watched last night. Yes, um, how many apps did you watch? I only got through the first one. Okay. It was a very long day and I got through about 10 o'clock last night. So yeah. I was fighting to stay awake. So it wasn't the show, it was just me. Yeah. Uh, but yes, that was a bit of a struggle. Yeah. Uh, but no, I enjoyed it. It kept yeah. me awake, yeah, which was good. difficult at that point. Yeah. Woke up 4 o'clock yesterday morning, so it was quite the struggle come 10 o'clock wow. to get through. It's a testament to the entertainment quality of this program good it moves yeah. it moves fast now it struck me it's quite different to other shows i've seen you in it's definitely yeah. a lot sort of snappier it's a bit more banter sort of focus yeah a little bit more comedy driven yeah. um which i don't usually do was, gonna, was um, that a challenge just because it's just doing something different but you know what's weird is my agents have been saying for 15 20 years like you have such a humor such a banter such a quick wit mm. why don't we capture that in a role and I said, because I'm not really interested. And then when this came along, it had the tears, the emotion, the strength, the humor, the all of the things I was looking for. And it actually allowed me to do those bantery comedic moments. And yeah. constantly on set, I'm always imp- improvising. And Jill Gordon, the creator, says, I told you, you could be funny. You know, nobody thought. Were other people that. pitching that sort of stuff at you? Or was it just... No, yeah. no. But this came along after doing the American version of The Slap. Mm. for NBC yeah. and in that I could do all I mean that, that character Rosie did all sorts of emotions from high end to high strung to funny and um, so th- from that um, Bob Greenblatt at NBC was like Shh, I want it for this role of heartbeat yeah and that's how it came about and then I got to and I feel really for the first time in this part very at ease like going to work is, is not a, it's a challenge because I have to be American, I have to be a surgeon, I have to learn this, I have to do that, I have to, I'm in every shot, and I'm doing comedy for the first time, but um, I feel very at ease. Yeah. Like, it's actually a pleasure, and emotions come very quick in this part, where sometimes you have to work several hours to get a certain tear or a certain structure behind a scene, and this one's just there. It's like, bang, it's always, like... For me, it's two minutes, I'll be ready. It's very rare in a role that yeah. I feel so ready and so at ease. Because most of the time when I see you on screen, you're always someone of whom, and you do get this in this show, you've got a lot of self-confidence sort of within mm. yourself. So you're a very sort of put-together person a lot of the time, even mm. if you're falling apart at the sure. time. But yeah, so it's kind of interesting to see sort of stretch out sort of... Stretch out, yeah. Bit. I mean, look, the, the the roles that I really look back on, like from in treatment, where I played mm. an addict in therapy... Yeah. And which was, was great. Yeah. Which is great kind of... Yeah good work and then the slap the Australian and the American and then this it's yeah I, I pick roles not all the time I don't have to mm. I don't know I can just keep <laughs> working but I'm not really interested but this is different for me that's for sure yeah US broadcast TV has been very good to you over the years yeah okay when you're looking to sign on to a new show are you usually looking at just broadcast or are you also thinking like cable because obviously there's I'm the loving cable prestige. I do I usually hunted when I did that was HBO yeah. um, in treatment was HBO I've very rarely done broadcast but doing the slap was like a cable version on a network show mm. a cable version of a because it was very artistic and very minimal and very yeah. minimalistic um, but then I thought, no, this is great. We can get like 10 million households watching you every week. It's mm. pretty great. Because I'm just thinking of the things I do see you in. So obviously I saw an alias for a little while there. Yeah, that Grey's was Anatomy. ABC. Great. Yeah. yeah, Grey's Anatomy was a guest. It was mm. in and out very quick. Yeah. Um, the Good Wife last year. The Good Wife was great. Yeah. But that was just like a, you know, again, a guest. Yeah. So those are safe. That's safe because you know you're not going to be stuck there for too long. 
but taking on a lead role mm. on number one on a call sheet for a TV show, you better pick your broadcaster very well. So when you are signing on to be the lead role on a TV show, mm. that's a big commitment for you. Yeah. Like that could be between you know six months to seven or eight years of your life, yes. if not more, hopefully. Yes. Uh, what are you generally looking for from the experience, both from a character that you're choosing as well as from the production itself? It's a showrunner, actually. The woman, mm. in our case, Jill Gordon, and then we have Alice and Liddy Brown, who's our showrunner, director, all-round visionaire. Those two are the ones that you really, really got to love. And it's the writing. Hands down, in any job now, I've decided it's just the scripts that come in that have to be brilliant. The rest will find... You'll find an audience if you have good writing. Yeah. So I look at that... Um, as far as network, what do we have? We have Fox, CBS, NBC, ABC. Any of those four would be great. You know, they're <laughs> yeah. all wonderful. They all have their structural. But NBC, you know, CBS is more procedural. I'm not interested in that. I was offered CSI a long time ago. I've been offered many, many, many shows that I've turned down because I don't want to do that. I want a character-driven piece. Mm. I, I can't go to work and not have something ignite inside. Yeah. You're very TV-focused. Have you tried TV sort of pushing the film a bit? Or? Oh, yeah, look, I mean, my movies yeah. have been number one hit films from 30 Days of Night to Amityville Horror to Mulholland Drive. I do yeah. movies, but <laughs> the bottom line is I get TV, and when I take TV, it moves the, the gauge a little bit. Mm. Like I, It goes in another direction. TV is so powerful. Um, and bizarrely now, TV was, is not just for TV actors, it's for film actors. So the marketplace is very, very, very um, competitive. Yeah. Well, unless you want to be a superhero, pretty much it's TV these days. That's yeah. kind of where it is. Or the beautiful little independence, which I'm going to do one in Australia in June. Yeah. In Mount Tambourine. I Who's that with? It's, um, it's a, sc- a script called Flora. It won, they did a, screen t- um, uh, a screenplay competition in Australia and it won... Um, so the FFC's behind it. It's really special. So those are the movies that you take when you do your sort of highbrow TV jobs. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. But, you know, when Matthew McConaughey won the Oscar, the next day the first job he signed on to was True Detective. Yeah. So that's that's just gives you an idea that film and TV now are just one. Mm. Just so to get a, a TV job, you have to be really, like, good. <laughs> so you're not spending a lot of time thinking about which superhero you'd like to be? No. No? <laughs> No, and you know what? They never offered, so yeah. I never had to think about it. <laughs> uh, now, in terms of actually appearing in this show, so you've taken the lead on what's kind of an ensemble show, but you're very much at the front of that. When yeah. you're looking to sign onto a show, is that the kind of scenario you'd like to be in? Like, where's your strength as a performer? Do you like being part of that larger group, or do you kind of like sort of leading the group? Well, this one really isn't that ensemble, actually. Yeah. If it was, I'd have a day off. <laughs> but I'm in every shot, so yeah. it's definitely, you know... With, with amazing supporting cast but you have to surround yourself with people that are brilliant you know you can't be in a show just on your own um, in treatment was just me and one other actor mm. Burn, but, and we captured the whole show in one, with two people but this kind of show you need to fall in love with all the characters and, and when I watch the show every time Callahan comes on or Ping Pang Pong or they light up the screen and that's what I look for as well yeah I sort of think about comparing this against Hunted where you're kind of, you're sort of out on the road sort of doing like sort of independent type things, but yeah. you've kind of got this sort of strong cast behind you, I think. Yes, in this one, in this one which yeah. is actually makes this, the show stronger, I think, in many ways. Yeah. Uh, now, just speaking of Hunted, uh, this maybe comes into your personal life a little bit mm. in that you're a woman of multiple continents at the moment. You're mm. working across France and yeah. the US. Um, with Hunter, you were working for Frank Spotnitz as the yes. showrunner of that, yes. of whom is also someone living in France, um, London. And He's in France because of us. This is what My I want to ask you. Yeah. Yes, he's How did this come about? Us. 
We, when I was shooting Hunted, I fell in love. I went to the BAFTAs and I fell in love with my partner now, Jean David. Mm. And um, Spotnitz was like, I love France so much. I'm like, well, you know what? I'm moving there because I've met my, my man and, and they've become very good friends. Yeah. And we've just, my boyfriend helped him get his kids into a school there and then he just moved across the pond and now we're all together in Paris. So it's great. Yeah. He is just the most amazing all-round human being, Frank Spotnitz. I mean, as a creator, as a showrunner, as, as a friend, as everything, it's, it doesn't get better than that. So we're, we're, he's so busy now with European projects, which is yeah. great. Because it's running his production company out of London these days. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. But also good. producing an American show. So he's doing Man in the High Castle for Amazon. Man in the High Castle, yeah. which is phenomenal. Mm. Beautifully shot. Very well done. And uh, yeah, he's, he's just... But he's in Paris. He's yeah. always loved it there. Um, <laughs> isn't that great? Like, he's right across the bridge. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, what else have I got here? I've got my list, big list of questions I need to get through here. Um, okay, so you're on this show. You've got Don Haney there. Yes. Okay, so obviously he's Australian as well. Mm-hmm. Is that comfortable when you're signing on to possibly do a seven-season show and you've got someone... Don Haney, I presume, you've met beforehand. Yes. Yeah. So does that sort of make it a little bit easier? Because you've got, I guess, that period at the beginning of a new show where you're meeting new people and having to mm. form sort of relationships and fake that sure. a bit for the screen. But, yeah. yeah. Well, look, Dave Annabelle, who plays Pierce who plays my boyfriend in the show and Mm. we have Don Haney's character who comes back as my mentor the man that I'm truly in love with in this particular show I'm in love with both men equally 100% both the problem is when I have them both in the same room with me Um, but yeah the chemistry with the cast I've never felt that kind of chemistry with with a group of people on any job yeah it reminded me when I was doing Friends watching the rapport with the group the cast and how tight they were that's how we are in this show so the fact that Don is Australian doesn't mean I would have loved him or liked him any more <laughs> or less, actually. It's just so, he's just so good in this show and so right for the role. Yeah. Um, his Australianness is kind of my segue into talking about your accents. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. his accent, like, I was watching it late, so I didn't really quite catch yeah. exactly what he was doing. He suddenly didn't sound American. No, he's Australian. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That was a decision because yeah. he did the pilot as an American. Oh, really? Then they decided when we went into the series that they wanted to make him Australian. And so he revoiced the pilot. Yeah, that's great. Australian. Yeah. So, like, his accent, not American. Mm. Um, your accent, it's American-ish. Well, it's it's a regional, it's a highbrow American accent. So yeah. I have a, a dialect coach who's from New York that worked with me on the American version of The Slap. And then he came to join me on the set. Mm. And he's brilliant. And he doesn't leave my side. So every vowel that comes out has yeah. to be exactly as the real person that I'm playing. And you've got medical terms you have to work Medical with terms. Well. So the accent is actually spot on. Yeah. Not just that, some words she will articulate differently depending on who she's talking to. So if she's trying to win over hedge fund guys, it will be a more highbrow, well-spoken American accent. If she's with one of her friends in the hospital making jokes, it would be more relaxed. So yeah. each vowel is, is curated to be exactly as the, as the accent should be. It's not New York, it's not Brooklyn, it's not Dallas, it's not those kind of American <laughs> yeah. accents. It's a Californian regional accent, which is... Yeah. Apparently spot on. Californian uppity accent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Not valley. <laughs> Not valley. <laughs> Not across the mountain. <laughs> How would that change the show for you? Well, sometimes I do do a couple of takes as a valley girl. Yeah. It gets everyone laughing. It gets the day started. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, your career obviously started out on a soap. Yeah. You're learning a certain um, skill base from that. Mm-hmm. Is there much of that you still sort of carry over into performance today, or have you kind of evolved beyond that sort of... Well, let's hope, you know, I've evolved beyond that <laughs> yeah um that was 24 years ago 
Um, but what it did show me was endurance and perseverance and mm. staying on your feet and stamina and do another take better than the last one and, and also working very fast. Dialogue, learn the lines quick. All of that I got from my training on Home and Away, for sure. Yeah. And you're always working as well, which I wonder if that comes from the soap sort of world as well. Where you're doing I don't think so it comes from hours. the soap, to be honest. Yeah. It comes from the individual because mm. there's a lot of people in that soap that didn't work, you know, that aren't still working. Yeah. That don't choose to work. But I don't think it's from that. Mm. I think it's the love for it. You can't fake that. You either love it or you don't. And I think I love it so much that I'm always looking for that next part. It's yeah. really, really great. Uh, now something, because I was sneakily listening to the previous interview you were doing, you were talking about uh, you were no, you, you were pregnant during the production mm. of this program mm. and they CG'd out your, you know, <laughs> your size. my belly out, yeah. Um, so how does that change you as a performer? So, because obviously I'm, I've never been a pregnant woman, it may surprise <laughs> you, uh, but when you are pregnant you hold yourself a little bit differently because your yeah. body's changing. So Yeah, no, there was a lot of times with the Alice and Liddy Brown be like, Melissa, you're walking like a pregnant woman. <laughs> like I'd be like waddling down the hall way yeah so just have to you know but no it was great I, I imagine I'm the number one on a call sheet I was four months pregnant when I started mm. and I shot all the way into eight and a half months pregnant that's and I had a 10 pound child yeah so I was <laughs> very heavy on my feet plus my diaphragm you know like the air I had to speak a lot and do comedy and all that and the baby was pushing on my diaphragm all the time so have you had a breath you know, yeah a lot of the time <laughs> so there's a lot of things as soon as though I had the baby and I came back to set my baby was four three four weeks old um, I was much lighter and happier and freer and all that good stuff. So it was all CG. There wasn't an awkward thing of you walking past with couch cushions and that sort of thing. There was a couple of things like they wouldn't talk about it. They were very yeah. respectful and set. But when I watched back the shot, I'd be sitting down and there'll be like a, you know, a, a bottle of water with a glass next to it, like strategically placed <laughs> on the table, very much in the distance, and they would angle it so it would cover my belly. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's you know, what can they do? <laughs> you know. Women yeah. have children. Women have babies. Yeah. Women I've been told that's a thing that happens. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So you're going to make a show about a, a female doctor, there's a chance she's going to be pregnant. No, entirely. In real life. <laughs> but um, it just didn't happen to have the season one, and I had my one and a half year old, and then I was pregnant with the second boy. But yeah. Because I think usually that happens in second season when it's way too late to recast you. Well, yeah. you know what? They, they, they could try to recast, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'm never worried about that. <laughs> <laughs> there's always another show to jump onto. <laughs> I've never had a problem with that, so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, that's great. Thanks so much. Thank you.